Welcome to Golden Gems with Dave Shaw and Bill Hansen. We review each week the career and personal life of one of the great unforgettable artists of the golden days of radio. So please join us on a trip down memory lane as we take a look at today's artist. Then go to our website, www.goldengems.net, where we also look at more of their career and play some of their most unforgettable great hits, which we are unable to share on the podcast. We invite you to join us there also. But for now, sit back and relax as we talk about the life of today's unforgettable artist of the golden days of radio. Welcome once again to Golden Gems. Dave and Bill here as we take a look this week at the life and career of Earl Garner. Earl Scott Garner was born along with twin brother Ernest in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on June 15, 1921, the youngest of six children. He attended George Westinghouse High School as did fellow pianist Billy Strayhorn and Ahmed Jamal. Interviews with his family, musician teachers, other musicians, and a detailed family tree can be found in Errol Garner, The Most Happy Piano, by James Doran. Garner began playing piano at the age of three. His elder siblings were taught piano by Miss Bowman. From an early age, Errol would sit down and play anything she had demonstrated, just like Miss Bowman. His eldest sister, Martha, said Garner was self-taught and remained an ear player all his life, never learning to read music. At age seven, he began appearing on the radio station KDKA in Pittsburgh with a group named the Candy Kids. By age 11, he was playing on the Allegheny River boats. In 1937, he joined local saxophonist Leroy Brown. He played locally in the shadows of Linton Garner, his older brother, also a pianist. Garner moved to New York City in 1944. He briefly worked with the bassist Slam Stewart, and although not a bebop musician per se, in 1947 played with Charlie Parker on the Cool Blues session. Although his admission to the Pittsburgh Music Union initially was refused, because of his inability to read music, the Union relented in 1956 and made him an honorary member. Garner is credited with his superb musical memory. After attending a concert by Russian classical pianist Emil Jalils, Garner returned to his apartment and was able to play a large portion of the performed music by memory. Columbia Records Lawsuit Garner sued Columbia Records in 1960 for breach of contract after Columbia released several recordings without Garner's consent. Garner had signed a five-year deal with Columbia in 1956, which contained an unprecedented clause negotiated with the aid of manager Martha Glaser, giving Garner the right to approve the release of any of his recorded music. After three years of litigation, during which time, Columbia continued to release Garner recordings against his will. The New York State Supreme Court ruled in Garner's favor in a landmark decision with regard to artists' rights, and Columbia paid Garner a substantial settlement and recalled all of the unauthorized records 
from its distributors. Martha Glaser, called one of the most distinctive of all pianists by Scott Yano, Garner showed that a creative jazz musician can be very popular without watering down his music or changing his personal style. He has been described as a brilliant virtuoso who sounded unlike anyone else, using an orchestral approach straight from the swing era, but open to the innovations of Bach. His distinctive style could swing like no other, but some of his best recordings are ballads, such as his best-known composition, Misty, which rapidly became a jazz standard and was featured in Clint Eastwood's film Play Misty for Me in 1971. Garner may have been inspired by the example of Earl Hines, a fellow Pittsburgh resident who was 18 years his senior, and there were resemblance in their eclectic approach to timing and use of the right-hand octaves. Garner's early recordings display the influence of the stride piano style of James Johnson and Fats Waller. Garner's melodic improvisations generally stayed close to the theme while employing novel chord voicings and other devices. He developed a signature style that involved his right hand playing slightly behind the beat while his left strummed a steady rhythm and punctuation, creating a carefree style and at the same time an exciting rhythmic tension. He would also enhance the effect of the accelerated and decelerating the beats in his right hand a device nicknamed the Russian Dragon, Russian and Dragon. <laughs> the independence of his hands was also evidenced by his masterful use of three against four and more complicated polyrhythms between the hands. In trio settings, he often played a 3-2 on Thunclave rhythm pattern, and his left hand, according in Latin tunes, and on swing tunes, he played the similar 12-8 rumbuk clave rhythm pattern. Garner frequently improvised whimsical introductions, often in stark contrast to the rest of the tune. That left listeners and even fellow band members in suspense as to what piece he was going to be or what the introduction would come to an end. Bassist Ray Brown called Garner the happy man pianist. Ross Tompkins described Garner's distinctive style is due to happiness. Garner's first recordings were made in late 1944 at the apartment of Timmy Rosencratz. These subsequently were issued in a five-volume Overture in Dawn series in the Blue Note Records. His recording career advanced in the late 40s when several sides such as Fine and Dandy, Skylark, and Summertime were cut. In 1955, his live album, Concert by the Sea, was a best-selling jazz album in its day and featured Eddie Calhoun on bass and Zenzel Best on drums. This recording of a performance at the Sunset Center, a former school in the Carmel-by-the-Sea, California, was made using relatively primitive sound equipment, but for George Avakin, the decision to release the record was easy. In 1954, Garner composed Misty, first recording it in 1955 for the album Contrasts. Lyrics were later added by Johnny Burke. Misty rapidly became popular, both as a jazz standard 
and as the signature song of Johnny Mathis. It was also recorded by Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra, Sarah Vaughan, Ray Stevens, and Aretha Franklin. Clint Eastwood used it as the basis for his thriller, Play Misty For Me. One World Concert was recorded at the 1962 Seattle World Fair and in 1959, Stretching Out in the Studios, and features Eddie Calhoun on bass and Kelly Martin on drums. Other works include 1951's Long Ago and Far Away, 1953's Errol Garner at the Piano with Wyatt Ruther and Fats Heard, 1957's The Most Happy Piano, 1970's Feeling is Believing, and 1974's Magician, on which Garner performs a number of classic standards. Often the trio was expanded to add Latin percussion, usually a conga. In 1964, Garner appeared in the UK on the music series Jazz 625, broadcast on BBC Two. The program was hosted by Steve Race, who introduced Garner's trio with Eddie Calhoun on bass and Kelly Martin on drums. Because Garner could not write down his musical ideas, he used to record them on tape to be later transcribed by others. Gardner was managed by Martha Glazer from 1950 until his death in 1977, with a period of time being his own, her only client. Short in stature, five foot two inches, Garner performed sitting on a multiple of telephone directories. <laughs> he was also known for his vocalization while playing, which can be heard on many of his recordings. He helped to bridge the gap for jazz musicians between nightclubs and concert halls. The Errol Garner Club was founded in 1982 in Aberlady, Scotland. On September 26, 1994, Garner files from England, Scotland, Germany, and the U.S. met in London for a unique historic get-together. The guests of honor were Eddie Calhoun, bassist, and Kelly Martin, drummer. Garner's rhythm section from the mid-50s to the mid-60s, and on June 15, 1996, many of the UK's Garner files converged in Sheltonham for an afternoon of music, food, and fun on what would have been Garner's 76th birthday. That evening, they learned of the death of jazz legend Ella Fitzgerald. In 2012, a film on Garner was released by Atticus Brady, called No One Can Hear You Read, which Garner used to say when asked why he had never learned to read music. Footage of the piano prodigy, playing and speaking, was intercut with interviews with admirers, including Woody Allen, Steve Allen, and his fellow musicians Ahmed Jamal, also from Pittsburgh, and Ernest McCarty, his bassist for many years, with family members, including his big sister Ruth Garner Moore and daughter Kim Garner, with George Avakian, the producer of Concert by the Sea, and with Jim Duran, his biographer. The film attempts to address Garner's fall from prominence after his death, reminding viewers how popular and original he was in his day, as well as why he is considered in many quarters a legend, one of the true greats of jazz. On June 15, 2015, the estate of Martha Glaser, 
Garner's longtime manager, announced the formation of the Errol Garner Jazz Project, a major new archival and musical celebration of Garner. The project includes the donation of the Errol Garner Archive, a huge trove of newly discovered historical material from Garner's life to the University of Pittsburgh. On September 18, 2015, Concert by the Sea was re-released by Sony Legacy in an expanded three-CD edition that added 11 previously unreleased tracks. On September 30, 2016, Ready Take One was released on Sony Legacy, featuring 14 previously unreleased tracks. On July 13, 2018, a live concert recording of Garner playing in 1964 at the Concertgenblau in the Netherlands was released by Mack Avenue Records with the title Night Concert. In November of 2021, Garner posthumously was featured on All Night Parking with Adele on the latter's fourth studio album. In 2016, Downtown Music Publishing entered an exclusive worldwide administration agreement with Octave Music Publishing Corp. The deal covers all of Garner's works, including Misty, as well as Garner's extension archive of master recordings, many of which remain unreleased. Well, Garner died of cardiac arrest related to emphysema on January 2, 1977, at the age of only 55. He's buried in Pittsburgh's Homewood Cemetery. Well, a great legacy to a great performer, Errol Garner. Glad to have had you with us today as we reviewed his life and career. If you haven't done so, go to goldengems.net and listen to some of his great music. Thanks again for being with us today. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you're having as much enjoyment as we are reliving some of the unforgettable memories from the golden days of radio. To learn more about the career of today's artist and listen to several of their greatest hits, we invite you to go to our website, www.goldengems.net. May we also encourage you to tell your friends about the show. We would love to have them join us in these little trips down memory lane. And as always, we invite your feedback or comments on goldengemsradio at gmail.com. So until next episode, this is Dave and Bill heading back into the archives to dust off some more unforgettable memories to share with you on Golden Gems. <music>